0: The Christian Atheist is also available on YouTube, and you will find other great content, including the literature I frequently refer to, on our Simple Gifts podcast. If you find our content helpful, consider supporting us through PayPal at RomansChapter5 at Comcast.net. Welcome to The Christian Atheist, where faith and reason fuse in the Incarnation. Episode 53 Are We Living? George Orwell's 1984, Part 1. Continuing with our recent emphasis on faith, I have begun an episode of The Christian Atheist called The Evident, Evidence, and Faith. However, I thought it might be useful to provide an illustration of the sort of logical system that is opposed to what I consider a faith based adherence to the evident. Perhaps the most explicit example in literature is the Society of Oceania in George Orwell's 1984. We have often made the point that we are living in a world dominated by the thought processes of Hegel, and 1984's Oceania is the most explicit portrayal of the logical outplay of Hegel's thought that literature provides. It is also, regrettably, becoming more and more the reality of today's world. Let me know if you agree. For all our listeners, our Simple Gifts podcast has 1984 read aloud in weekly installments. Please join us there. The ruling ideology in Oceania is, for obvious reasons, called Ingsoc, or English Socialism. Make no mistake that the dominant ideological position behind today's pathological social movements is likewise rooted in the Hegelian thinking that has spawned the socialism, both right and left, of the 19th and 20th centuries, and continues on today. Let's listen, then, to selected passages from Chapter 9 of Part 2 of 1984, offering comments at germane moments, quote, cut off from contact with the outer world and with the past. The citizen of Oceania is like a man in interstellar space who has no way of knowing which direction is up and which is down. The rulers of such a state are absolute as the pharaohs or the Caesars could not be. They are obliged to prevent their followers from starving to death in numbers large enough to be inconvenient. And they are obliged to remain at the same low level of military technique as their rivals. But once that minimum is achieved, they can twist reality into whatever shape they choose. End quote. The important point to note here is that the citizens of Oceania are utterly cut off from any sense of individual determination. All direction, all thought, all content is collective, dictated from above, from the collective, the state. The wisdom of the founders of the American experiment is perhaps most powerfully expressed in their notion of limited government of the sovereignty of the individual within the bounds of civil—that is, legal—structure. In Oceania, any individual freedoms are loose ends, which must be eliminated. By comparison with Ingsoc, all the tyrannies of the past were half-hearted and inefficient. The ruling groups were always infected to some extent by liberal ideas, and were content to leave loose ends everywhere, to regard only the overt act, and to be uninterested in what their subjects were thinking. Even the Catholic Church of the Middle Ages was tolerant by modern standards. Part of the reason for this was that in the past, no government had the power to keep its citizens under constant surveillance. With the invention of television and the technical advance which made it possible to receive and transmit simultaneously on the same instrument, private life came to an end. Every citizen, or at least every citizen important enough to be worth watching, could be kept for 24 hours a day under the eyes of the police and in the sound of official propaganda, with all other channels of communication closed. The possibility of enforcing not only complete obedience to the will of the state, but complete uniformity of opinion on all subjects now existed for the first time. The ideas of liberal democracy, of individual autonomy, and decentralized economy, freedom of speech, and even of thought, are intolerable loose ends. Our social media world has delivered to us, for the first time, the technological means not only of monitoring the citizenry, but also, in conjunction with a nearly monolithically orthodox media conglomerate, of controlling what everyone hears, knows, and thinks. In addition, today's cancel culture makes it clear that there is an eagerness to enforce ideological conformity. A citizen of Oceania, quote, has no freedom of choice in any direction, whatever. A party member is required to have not only the right opinions, but the right instincts. Many of the beliefs and attitudes demanded of him are never plainly stated, and could not be stated without laying bare the contradictions inherent in Ingsoc. End quote. "Indeed, as we will see, the ability to accept contradiction, the very essence of Hegelian thinking, is the hallmark of Ingsoc, as it is in today's woke existence. The citizen must, quote, "In all circumstances, know, without taking thought, what is the true belief or the desirable emotion?" But in any case, an elaborate mental training undergone in childhood makes him unwilling and unable to think too deeply on any subject, whatever. Quote. Having been a college professor since the early 2000s, and a student in higher education for at least a decade before that, and having been educated in the public school system in the 70s and 80s, I can testify to the deliberate mental training that our educational institutions have adopted to prevent anyone from thinking too deeply on any subject whatever. We must not question the orthodoxy of the academic elite, which has permeated even our earliest primary educational structures. Quote, The first and simplest stage in the discipline which can be taught even to young children, is called, in Newspeak, Crime Stop. Crime Stop means the faculty of stopping short, as though by instinct, at the threshold of any dangerous thought. It includes the power of not grasping analogies, of failing to perceive logical errors, of misunderstanding the simplest arguments, if they are inimical, to Ingsoc. Crime Stop, in short, means protective stupidity." End quote. We should be clear that protective stupidity runs both ways, and it is intended to. The social structures, including the educational institutions, want stupid, ignorant citizens, as they are easily controlled, lied to, manipulated, but it runs the opposite way, too, as the citizen is motivated by self-protection to be stupid, uninformed. To stand out, to be different, to think independently, is to risk not only social censure, but one's material well-being. Step out of line, and you may never work again. Cancel culture. You must not even dare to think thoughts, that go against the collective narrative. Big Brother is, indeed, watching. Quote, But stupidity is not enough. On the contrary, orthodoxy in the full sense demands a control over one's own mental processes as complete as that of a contortionist over his body. Oceanic society rests ultimately on the belief that Big Brother, the figurehead of the government, is omnipotent, and that the party is infallible. But since, in reality, Big Brother is not omnipotent, and the party is not infallible, there is need for an unwearying moment-to-moment flexibility in the treatment of facts." Here we run across something centrally important as we see that what is constantly demanded of us is the denial of reality, if reality is inconvenient to the party narrative. What is demanded, that is, is an unwavering commitment to an intellectualization, an ideology above all else. Reality itself is no more than our collective picture of it. not. Something to which we must yield and conform. The empirical basis of science is thus destroyed. Reality is created, not encountered. Science, facts, and reality serve the party. And when there is conflict, it is science, facts, and reality that must yield. Logic. Reason itself, if we mean by that the Western canonical logic of Aristotle, with its law of non-contradiction, must yield to the party. The collective end allows, indeed demands, whatever means are necessary to achieve it. There are no absolutes, ethical or material, to which we must yield, except when it suits the party to claim them, and, even then, they may be discarded when they become inconvenient. Quote, the key word here is black-white. Like so many Newspeak words, this word has two mutually contradictory meanings. Applied to an opponent, it means the habit of impudently claiming that black is white in contradiction of the plain facts. Applied to a party member, it means a loyal willingness to say that black is white when party discipline demands this. But it means also the ability to believe that black is white. And more, to know that black is white, and to forget that one has ever believed the contrary. This demands a continuous alteration of the past, made possible by the system of thought which really embraces all the rest, and which is known in Newspeak as doublethink. Control the language. Control the culture. If the party tells us that two plus two are five, that men are women, that women are men, and that there is no distinction between the two, that gender is only a social construct, and that men are evil for having oppressed women throughout history, we must believe all of this, know all of this, question none of this, until, that is, the party changes its mind. And you better not note any contradiction in the party line, or any discrepancies between orthodox thought and reality. Quote, If the facts say otherwise, then the facts must be altered. Thus, history is continuously rewritten. This day to day falsification of the past, carried out by the Ministry of Truth, is as necessary to the stability of the regime as the work of repression and espionage carried out by the Ministry of Love. Truth, that is, is dead, though not the necessity of treating the lie as absolute truth, when that serves our purpose. This ability to accept and deny the absolute is one we encounter constantly in today's world. It is the traditional ethical absolute that the left depends upon to convict its opponents of racism, for example, even though its ideological position denies the existence of moral absolutes. In its own terms, it cannot even consistently condemn slavery. It condemns the use of power, when it also asserts that there is nothing but the use of power. Morality, they tell us, is just a veneer to mask power plays. Yet they claim the mantle of morality for their own actions and thoughts. This is Doublethink. Next week... We will finish this foray into Orwell's 1984 with his analysis of Doublethink. I am a Christian, with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass, and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass that's this week's episode thanks for listening and remember you can have your religious cake and eat it too you can have reason respect for science a 21st century worldview and be a Christian